This is episode 23 of the Remix Your World podcast with Alan T. Welcome to Remix Your World. I'm Alison Kalagna, global DJ and music producer turned life remixer and personal growth coach. In each episode, we bring you real talk, inspiring stories, and heartfelt conversations of personal transformation to help you uplift and amplify your life. This is the Remix Your World podcast. If you've been around the Miami club scene, you know Alan T. He's flamboyant, loud, aggressive, charming, and funny all at the same time. He has to be. He deals with throngs of people trying to get into the city's brightest hotspots. He has to hear, but I know so-and-so, and he told me I was on the list about a hundred times every night. So you can't blame him for being curt with patrons. However, unlike the French doormen that litter Miami Beach's nightclubs, Alan T. puts on a show, sometimes with a loudspeaker, to amplify the insults he throws at people. Currently, he works for Space on Saturday, but he's been around working the doors for spots such as Pawn Shop Lounge and Nocturnal. In addition to being a doorman, he's also a house music vocalist. He has the Discogs page to prove it, and he holds a master's degree in architecture from Columbia University. He's basically a nightlife renaissance man. Still, Alan T's greatest talent is making those club doors much more interesting. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh yeah! What's up, world? You're listening to me, Allison Kalagna, episode 23 here, and today we are talking to Alan T, the most famous club doorman in the world. How does one even become that? Well, we'll get into it and talk about his life in music, his art, his triumphant win over cancer, and a lot of other funny spill the tea moments, because you can't have a name like Alan T and not spill the tea. You know what I'm saying, hunty? Okay, so Alan and I go back to the early days when I was in Miami, where I met him at Y&T, the record shop, and we worked together in clubs and parties dozens of times. And what he is known for is just being loud and creative and these costumes and these outfits and being this this big, huge personality in, in club world. And what I loved about today's conversation is that mask kind of got stripped off and we just got really real and had a really sweet, loving, friendly conversation as if we just picked up the phone and just chatted. Um, so we talk about everything from him overcoming cancer to marathon sets with Danny Teneglia and uh, Yoko Ono, you know, and everything in between, right? So it's a great conversation. I have a feeling this is just part one of two. I'm sure there's much more that we could talk about. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Alan T. So just a heads up, we are about three weeks away from my first CIJ class of 2019. You're going to hear me talk a lot about it on this podcast because I fucking love it and I love teaching it and it has made a huge difference in my life and my students' life. So if you are interested, www.remixyourworld forward slash CIJ and you can find out all the information there. And if you are looking for stuff to help you with goals, I have a free goal setting guide that I would love to send you also. This is going to help you get really clear on one particular goal that you really want to work through. And then you have the system to do this with other goals. If you're interested in that, 
RemixYourWorld.com forward slash 21. So again, if you head over to RemixYourWorld.com, you can find all of that information. I'd love to talk to you about CIJ if you think that you are interested and you're ready to up-level and uplift and amplify your life, then I'm here for you and maybe CIJ is the path for you. Hit me up and let me know and we'll talk about it. Now, on with the show. My God, are we doing this? Oh my God, we are doing this. Hold on. Hey! Hold on, let me give you... I want to see you better, I, I know, oh, I've got a chair. There it is. <laughs> Hi. Here I am, in the shade. Of a palm tree? As as you should be, honey. As you should be oh. in the shade. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm happy that we finally connected. We've been trying to do this for a hot minute. but Long overdue. And you've been busy. I, I, I mean, it amazes me in w- w- how busy you have been and during that whole time. And you were still doing... I, I, I wasn't going to let it succumb, you know, my energy. Yeah. I wasn't going to let it take over. I, I had to, like, it, has, it had to be beaten yeah unwanted bitch at the doorstep yes cancer is not always welcome and that's my specialty unwanted bitches (laughs) 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 so so they stay anyway i don't know i don't do well i have a lot under me when i'm working (laughs) i kind of so Well, let's rewind the record, though, a little bit, because most people, you know, most people listening obviously know, obviously, who you are. But, like, I want to know about little Alan. Like, where did you grow up? Where were you from? Up here at this property here. I was born. I live in the house I was born in. Wow, really? I did those trees when I was seven years old, the bottle brush, those trees right there. Wow. The weeping willow type, it's called the bottle brush. Which way does it see? You see that way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I see that way. Yeah. I'm not millennial. I'm not like David Vance or any of those kids. <laughs> At Kiki's selfies all night. But uh, no, I, I live in the house I was born in. This wow. exact house. Yeah. I inherited the house. And uh, when my mom had a heart attack, she she lives, she's 97. She lives up the road on 54th at the Jewish old folks home. Mm. It, it's Douglas Gardens, they call it the Jewish center. But the Italians and Jews stick together, you know. They do, yeah. Stick together. <laughs> uh, we make nice things and we like to eat. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. You know, I grew up here. I was very, I, I used to frolic on those islands there. It was a very natural life. I mean, we had five boats here when I was a kid. I have one now, but um, it was very natural. We'd camp out, you know, I'd swim back in the nighttime, like fish for sharks. I fish for stone crabs. I Before Batman every morning, I would catch Jack on the wall without even a, a line and a, and wow. bait, just reaching in. And um, I went to private school. I hung out on the other side of the tracks always. I mean, I live off of Biscayne Boulevard, which in the 80s and 70s was pretty rough. Mm. Even though this is like, you know, a luxury area, it's like rough, you know? Right. You know, my, it's like New York. You go two blocks in here in the hood. And I was like, the hood, I like the music, I like the people, I like it. I still to this day like you know, the ethnicity. I'm the anti-segregation person. Yeah, yeah. So what is this? Bottle brush. And that was it. I mean, it was pretty, you know, basic. Not basic, but it was pretty, it was basic. It was very natural, nature-oriented. You know, my family stayed married. My parents were together forever. Yeah. Divorced, but they were 
closer in divorce than they were in marriage. It was very strange. Mm. And it turns out like they actually divorced like three years ago, but right before my dad died, finally, like paperwork on paper, you know? Wow. My dad lived right there where Danny lives in that brown building. Danny Tanagli lives in that brown building there. Yeah. That's the Palm Bay Club. I found that apartment for him. And he's like a really good friend. He's a center for us for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He speaks my language, you know? How did you, so did you know, I mean, you, did you want art? Did you want music? What did you want growing up? Well, my dad was a concert pianist and a professional accordion player for like, you know, Frank Sinatra, uh, the Howdy Doody show at WIOD. I was named after Alan Courtney. I was almost born on the radio show that he was hosting. But uh, he went to Yale Music School. My family's from Connecticut. My my dad's side, my mom is from the Bronx. She's actually from the same, on the same street, from the same street as Benny Soto, if you know Mm, who he is. Yeah. On, on Tinton Avenue. So I had like a New York part and then a Connecticut part. And then they moved here to escape the cold and pursue my dad's piano business. Which he had the largest piano factory in the, in the country. Wow. Yeah. So it was four corners of 54th Street. He had 17 stores from Marathon to West Palm Beach, pre-fax, pre-email, pre-cell phones. He was very driven and uh, he was a very big provider. He was very like, you know, book friendly the music thing was hard because he didn't want to hear music in the house. Mm. Per se. I mean, we had to study piano and what have you and master that, but he didn't want to hear it because he did it all day. Right. So it was kind of like a, a thing that I did on my own. And I actually was always like in starring in all the you know plays in school, naturally the usual routine for people that are into the music yeah. portion of their of their childhood fiddler on the roof pied piper you know i always had the lead and <laughs> it took like a message from somebody a producer on an answering machine for a jody watley remix mm. to get it going it kind of like it all stemmed from a, a message on a machine wow and i was i was hanging out I was, that was in like the, the liquid era i was mm-hmm. hanging out joe odyssey and Frankie Knuckles and all those. I mean, Danny was a really good friend. Y&T. I worked at Y&T with Todd Saunders. Yeah. And uh, we were there every every night, like going crazy, seeing the white labels and stuff. And then I was hanging out with Ellis Mia, who works a lot with RuPaul now. Mm. Beyonce, and he wrote a lot of Kevin Ambiance. He's, he's a big, he's a true writer. He's a true musician. He was sleeping on my couch and he's like, hey, we got to get you in the studio. So they got me in the studio and that just like went like, the stream of consciousness and the rapid fire dialogue just took off. Right. So it just like from that, so many samples. I mean, to this day, they're still sampling that. I mean, it's insane. What was the first? The first was the, uh, the first was come and get it on okay. SFP. It was a Jody Watley remix. Uh, do you want it? Come and get it. Right. Come and get it. it was, you know, I'm not going to mention the person's name who did it. Cause I'm not talking to him anymore, but. It's whatever, Mike Mucci. I mean, you know, he, he's whatever. He's very difficult. I mean, he proved himself in the music industry. He was so solid, but he was so difficult. His personality is so difficult that it's counter it's counterproductive. Mm. And I think with all the hurdles we have already in the music industry, I mean, you can't get the you know licensing and the this is and the that's and the bootlegs and it's like that doesn't come into play. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work? Mm. I mean, and he's not in it any longer, but. He was a very solid producer, I must say, and uh, started me out. I mean, 
from that, they're still sampling to this day. That that session, when Danny heard it, he was like, wow, this is like gold. Mm. I was going up on like people and places and classics, doing covers. I was like going through it and through it and through it. And it was a four-hour session. And I actually went at Sexilia. Remember Sexilia? Yes. Pagan? Mm-hmm. anniversary was yesterday. Rest in peace. I miss her every day. She, I had moved her out of her apartment on South Beach, which was a tumultuous period. I mean, that was like the heyday of the partying. And she had been like, you know, carrying on and couldn't move. And I moved her and I was exhausted. I'm like, put her to bed on my couch. I said, putting you to bed. I'm going to bed. And she's like, no, you're going to this session. You have to go to the session. It's going to change your life. And she was right. Wow. That, that session did change my life. I mean, I'm an architect by profession. That's mm-hmm. my first and foremost. I went to undergrad at UM and then I went to Columbia. I went to the A in London. I've been around. I mean, I've traveled. Yeah, you were in you were in Italy for a while. I lived in Italy for twelve years. I met my first lover in '89, and I was there for twelve years. And I moved back to Miami and got a lot of really big commissions. I, I had my own office in Italy. I did very very well. I worked for the mob, doing like you know, laundering money, spending a lot of money on renovations. It took off like wildfire. I made a fortune. I dabbled with the fashion thing for Dolce Gabbana, Energy, Miss Sixty. I did a lot of textile work. And that I, I fell madly in love for the second time in Italy. Mm. First time I was here. I mean, I was married at fifteen, pretty much. Really? So, so you were out early then? Yeah, I was very. I, when I came out of the womb, I was like, yeah, I had the bride fly, flag flag. <laughs> didn't even have pride flags back then. It was just like you know, my umbilical cord was like woo woo woo, I was full on. I was hurdles and, and skipping rope. <laughs> yeah. <But, laughs> Yeah. I, I don't recommend any of it. I mean, I didn't get bullied. I was always very, you know, strong, so they, they didn't fuck with me. Yeah. I was pretty much, I was like the anti-bully machine. I, I mean, I was like the protector of everybody. That's that's the, what I was too, the super bully. If there was the, a bully, yeah. I was picking on the bully. Yeah, I was like bad because <laughs> I, mean, I, I had like a lot of street smart in my like Sassoon jeans and clog feathered hair moments. <laughs> I was like super like, Daddy, I was like super boy, you know, like, I mean, I had like long blonde hair, blue eyes. I was with Eileen Ford models. I modeled. And so they didn't really mess with me and I was very popular. So they definitely didn't screw with me. Yeah. But there was always those, you know, those ones who were like trying it, you know, but I let them have it. I'm sure. I, they I, picked up girls like the fat, like the fat girl with the red hair, the freckles. She was like, you know, in my posse. <laughs> And we did videos, B fifty two videos. We were so punk rock. I mean, we would go with, we would go to school with like day glow socks on with no shoes. Like we were like crazy <laughs> with pointed tips. I mean, we were so wild. I was like shopping at Fiorucci and crazy. That was my first club right there where, where Danny lives. It was my first club, and Richard McVeigh was the DJ, wow. Bill Kelly's lover. Mm. Best time. Oh my god! It was like roller disco on Wednesdays and Friday nights and Saturdays. It was like. Ralph Rennick, Cloris Leachman. It had all the celebrities. Because my best friend, Ferdy, who lived in that house there, his dad was Muhammad Ali's doctor. Wow. He met everybody. His dad just died a few months ago, but he was really famous. He was on NBC Sports, and he was the fight doctor. I mean, he's the one who made Muhammad Ali. Mm. Wow. So it, was, it was a pretty precocious upbringing, but it was very grounded. I mean, we always ate at home. I mean, we were very... You know, my family... My, my parents would go to like the Fountain Blue and be exhausted. My dad was like, you know, you're going to hate working at night. You're going to hate the nightlife. Because mm-hmm. it's so 
because he worked in the morning. Yeah. So he was a, I'm a morning person to this day because of him. I mean, I wake up at five thirty six, and even if I go to bed late, you know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a I'm a sleep freak. I love sleep. That's that's good. I was gonna ask you, you know, because. Oh well, no, no no! I I'm I'm like I'm like you know nap after lunch. I'm already making lunch. I'm making pesto farfalla. Nice. Probably lentil soup, and I'll nap. But I'm I'm big on sleep. I'm very big on sleep. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of it. I love a nap. Eighties. Oh, I know. I'm sure you do. Colorado's street. Latin <laughs> 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 girl. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like because when I go to a a city. I come back here and it's like the, the, the tempo is so different, you know? And it's like, I, it's, it's it's, very chill too. I mean, it's, I think it's the Latin infusion that makes it seem neurotic and the Cuban coffee and all that, but they're pretty chill basically. I mean, you see them like, you know, letting their hair down and relaxing, like come the holidays and stuff. I mean, there's just, it's their energy that seems much more animated than they are. Mm. Because they're very bourgeois, and I mean, very, very lackadaisical, I should say. Mm. I mean, they don't really give very many fucks about anything. <laughs> no fucks given. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They really don't. I mean, there's peach-faced lovebirds flying. Aww. I'm very nature-oriented. When I travel, I like to do the – you might see my travels. I, I like to go into the mountains. I like to hike. I'm not into, like, excess baggage with, like, people. Yeah. Can't deal with it. No, and I, I love that. And most I, most people probably would not know that about you, you know. So I think that's awesome. Because I, I remember you went to you were just in Joshua Tree, right? Yeah, I was just in Joshua Tree, and I had my my suitcase left it with all the drag from Pride because you know the glamorati has to has to come out sometime, and then uh, or the Glamazon, I should say. And then I just left it in my trunk, and I had an RV in Joshua Tree, and it was insane. It's called the Love Egg. Mm. Um, Airbnb, it was the best thing I've done in a long time. I just like would crawl inside this egg and sleep. Oh. And we'd go hiking and I and it was like 20 minutes. I wanted to go see Morgan McMichaels for dinner. I could in Palm Springs or I went to see Tony Moran and um and uh Patty at Jen Trent's house for a barbecue. It was like 30 minutes. It's like insane. I love Palm Springs, I'm a huge fan. Mm. I just discovered it like three three years ago. I just discovered it. Wow. You've been out there, right? I have, but it's been a while. You know, I've never played White Party. Um, I was out there. I've which, never been to that. All the years Jeffrey Sanker invited me to go, I was like mostly touring in like Japan and I was doing like big gigs, you know? Mm, so it was yeah. like that whole uh, Flavio, Paloma, but they never even saw Palm Springs because they were all partying so much and doing all that. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't do that. I'd, lo- even when I'd, I- I'd love to go to, to Palm Springs. I mean, to, well, the uh, best- to Joshua Tree. In a couple of weeks, it's like it's in February. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I mean, they they unleash like a lot of like unseen properties and so forth. It's just it's such a place for, of hidden gems and naturally the debauchery, the history of its debauchery is, mm. is endless. I mean, everybody lived there, everybody partied there. Dean Martin, Lucille Ball, you name it. Tab yeah. Hunter. There's a good documentary called Teddy. Okay a guy who ran a brothel out of a gas station in LA in the forties. And he's just kissing and telling now everybody's dead. I mean, but it was like the King and Queens and this and that. He hooked them all up at the gas station. Wow. It was, you know, definitely Palm Springs, but I mean, it, it's, 
insane. The movie you got to see it. Right, it's I'll really watch good. It. I'll watch it. Wild. It's 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 like very post-war. I mean, he wasn't gay. He wasn't straight. He was just hooking people up, and he didn't get paid for it. He wasn't a pimp. But he made like twenty bucks here, thirty bucks there, and people have houses in like Beverly Hills from that. Yeah. I mean, it's like three guys and one girl, and they just—it was like very innocent. It wasn't like considered prostitution per <laughs> se, but yeah, yeah. But it's a label now, you know. So everything yeah. is. So when did you? How did you get to be like in the? I mean, you're pretty much like the most famous door person. Like, well, how did that even come about then? <laughs> I went to a pawn shop. It didn't happen that long ago. I mean, it, I guess it was people equated with the title of the song that was so big and okay, the, like number one. So for the like song, 11. so the song came first, not from you working the door. I did that song. Oh, I was just really popular at the clubs, and I um, I did the song. And it was like so on point that it like it kind of like you know form following function. Mm-hmm. It kind of like I fit the. It was like you know, kind of the inverse. It was like function following form. Me doing it, yeah. so it was actually it out. I mean, it was based on like Liquid and Marcello and the Large Heritage of Freight Elevator. No, no other club had a freight elevator that I knew. Mm. But had an elevator, which yeah. is where Score now. Um, and calling out the people, and but I went to the pawn shop with Danny Tanaglia and Tracy Young. And uh, Diego Martinelli. Mm. And they said to me, the marketing director goes, I need you here to like dissect the people. I was like, all right, let's do it. That was like 90, that was like 99, 2000. Mm. I had done a few like, you know, hosting. I, I hosted a lot of parties. I mean, I was a host at Liquid on Sundays and Groove Jeff for Danny's parties. I did a lot of, I did do the ropes at, uh, Danny's VIP events at mm. Groove Jet, which was always like the parents of like that kid Chris or John Digweed, right? Or now Sasha's grandmother. It was really funky, <laughs> like when like Miami was at its prime, and all those people, the Snowbirds, would come down and bring their entourage. And the entourage wasn't necessarily kids; it was like you know parents and family members, and that type of thing. You know, it was like in the freezing cold at like groove jet and on the patio, like hosting people's family, you know, and just like having like holding court, you know? Yeah. The first time I heard Sasha was at groove jet. Oh my God. Sausage and pig feet. I love them. (laughs) Sasha is really technical, super technical. Yeah. But like all there, like, you know, it was like that whole, and I would, I would go up to, uh, Gainesville with Danny to, uh, What's the name of the place? Oh God, it's where everybody started. Um, oh. That's where all the the new breed CDs and the uh, yeah, Global underground from oh. like Balance and all that. Um, oh no, it's the same. God, what's it? Um, it's gonna. It's, it'll, come, my t- yeah, it'll come to you. It was in. It was in Gainesville. We did the closing party. It was insane. It was like a college town, and the line was around the block. The place was the size of my living room, probably. Mm. It was not that big. And um, Simon's. That's okay. So, okay. And it was huge. And it was like, you know, uh, all the, pretty much the trans guys played there. Mm-hmm. All the Global Underground CD people. That's where they booked them from. I mean, it was like, that's where they got the acclaim. Yeah. People don't that. It was so big. 
and Danny used to play there and I would go there and hang out with him and then it like wound up me doing the, the DJ booth door. It, it's kind of like it was from people I knew, you know? Right. Yeah. But Park Club was where it started. Like that's where the Glamorati was, like Paris Hilton and and Puff Daddy. And I did a lot of MTV work there. And that closed in 2008. Mm. And then I got hired at Space and Nocturnal. And then it just went from like, you know, everybody booking me, you know, know, all the Urge events with Hilton. And that's pretty much how it happened. But the original Space, I I pretty much was just doing Danny's booth door. Mm. That's where that came from. Yoko Ono, that that was a heyday. Oh my God, I remember when Yoko Ono, when he was at Space and she came in and he just kept, you were on the microphone, legend alert, legend alert, there's a legend coming. (laughs) She was insane. We had three record (gasps) Remember the height of those. She was so short. I mean, (laughs) and she fell in love with my little brother, actually. Wow. Because he's like a blue-eyed, you know, like, like, you know, Aryan daddy type, you know. <laughs> Those were the days. Oh, my God. Yoko. Yeah. I mean, who in the presence of Yoko Ono, I was like, oh, my God. My sister lived in your building, and I still I still never had met her. Yeah, I've, I've never met her. I mean, I've done remixes, but I've never actually met her. A little bit of a brat. I mean, just, her parents owned Sony. So, I mean, she, when she got to this country, she was pretending she was like a poor little hippie. That's like. You know, the Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Pretending he was a professor at my sister's college, Sarah Lawrence, in in, uh, Bronxville, New York. A lot of the reason of the way I am is because of my sister. She was much older than I am, but she lived in Manhattan. She went to Manhattan to study and she got into all the best schools in the world. And she was a major Center for She knew Warhol, Brian De Palma, Waylon Flowers, Paul Jabara. She knew all those people. And I grew up with all those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, in New York, I go to Max's Kansas City and have a hamburger with Deborah Harry and Patty Smythe. I mean, it's like, wow. These people are writing about all the things that I, I lived, you know? It's yeah. funny. That's pretty it's amazing, important. though. I was at all those parties. Robbie Leslie at the Saints. I mean, people don't realize that that... I mean, how insane that was. It was like, I mean, people, you know, consider South Beach early 2000s when like Abel had like 1,500 people on a slow night, mm. like the pinnacle. But I mean, the saint was 3,000 men and like four women invited women or were only allowed in. And it was insane. Mm. Doreen was there. She was one of my friends. I met Doreen in that era. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Doreen. And who, um, who was playing at the saint then? Robbie Leslie, Sean Buchanan. Well, I was Roy Thode's assistant. Okay. Um, and he, di- I found him dead pretty much uh, from an overdose. But I was his assistant. I picked out the imports and stuff. So I was always involved in the music. Back then, I mean, it was insane. Like the imports and like rock and roll. It was infused. Like Ben, you'd hear Van Halen. You'd hear Bruce Springsteen. You'd hear The Cure. You'd hear The Stranglers. All that stuff. You know, that's why I'm so big on the new wave. Mm. I'm doing a birthday party at the Peter Murphy concert February 6th. And that's how mm. I'm really into like the rock. Yeah. I, I love just like hearing like driving like madness all the time. I can't. Oh, no. Like, I, I, to, I, I hear you. I need to go like, oh, it's either that or like, you know, average white band or, you know, you know Isaac Hayes movie th- soundtracks. You know, I, I love like, movie. I listen to a lot of movie soundtracks. Who doesn't? Yeah, love I love them. 
and uh, Shaft and all that stuff. I love all that stuff. Car Wash. I love all that like funk. <laughs> like the real funk. The funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Thriller. Okay. So if you, what was some... If you, it's, I know it's impossible because there's been so many parties and so many things, but if you had to choose maybe your top three of all time experiences in a club, what do you, what do you, or a party, what do you think they are? That's a really good question. Uh, a lot of the parties in the eighties are just like insane. They're so hard to pinpoint them. Mm-hmm. Like all the rock, Leslie, like diva parties and the white parties, like those were like a big, big, uh, those are big events. Mm. I would say Danny's parties at Space were definitely up there. Mm. There's a lot of them of of recent that are pretty memorable. I mean, like for instance, like Art Basel with Solomon was like wow, wow, yeah. At Space, I mean, like it, he's like insane. I mean, Danny's like my boy, but like there's something about the sensuality of the vocals and stuff of like so, Solomon, like direction mm-hmm. that's going, like that whole tech thing. But it's like much more. It's much more like down tempo, which yeah. I like. It's really healthy. Like this driving 150 feet per minute stuff is just too much. Yeah, no, I can't handle that. I know you don't like that. So it's like to hear something that, like, you know, is played like at, to, after hours for me is like down tempo. I right. mean, I don't, people got this like driving. I mean, I think it's the, the, the young generation, the millennials, I think it's like up. You go up, up, up. Mm-hmm. You went up, you went to, you started out like low, you went up, you went down, and you stayed down. Yeah. You might have like a little bit up again and then brought them down, but you went pretty far down. I mean, remember, quaaludes were big. <laughs> <laughs> People were going up, up, up. They were going up and then down. Yeah. I mean, I hate to make drug, drug references, but it's the best well, way to kind of count. That's the truth, though. I mean, it was part of the culture. It's, it will always be part of the culture. You know, it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, mind-altering, you know, it doesn't have to be, it's like whatever, some people consider mind-altering having, you know, kitschity, I mean, you know, whatever, I mean, people think alkaline water is mind-altering, so whatever. Kombucha, man, you get you a good kombucha, and that shit will alter your mind. (laughs) Honey, you asked Tracy about that, I was like, effervescent high, I was like, yes, the kombucha will do it, I love it. The hippies nearby uh, made it for me, and it was so effervescent that it went up in my nostrils. I had this like a rude awakening. I got so hot. <laughs> I was like, I hope I don't have to do a drug test or, or an alcohol <laughs> test. I'll get, I'll get a DUI. Oh, kombucha. I know. It's good stuff. I love it. So when did you find out about the C word then? About the what? Cancer. Oh, the C, C word. Oh, that was, uh, okay, the C word. All right, so like gay pride two years ago, I was in New York and I was like, I had this lump under my, um, under my arm. I was like, this is weird. And it's like something back in my mind. Cause my sister had Hodgkin's lymphoma Okay. back in the eighties. And she was like a big girl and she lost a lot of weight. She was treating on her own with macrobiotics. Though, so mm. she did that. And, um, she had that. And so I was like, you know, lymph nodes, you know, travel along, and, you know, she used to always tell me about the lymph lymph node system and i discovered like this lump and it was like getting progressively bigger i'm like camille what should i do about this and she's like oh well you know go check it out that was the big problem was checking it out okay because nobody is prepared to just do a biopsy okay i was doing it externally i was doing the 
the dermatologists, like all the top dermatologists, and they're like, some of them told me if it doesn't bother you, then don't don't get it. Don't oh, worry. Wow. That's not the look. Huh. So then I had a friend who was good friends with um, the head of surgery of Mount Sinai, and I got in. I got I treated I got into this like six months ahead of time. So I would be like six months behind. I was diagnosed in remission on June 2nd. That's my cutoff date. After Matinee Vegas last year, I went to Vienna, and that's my cutoff date. That's when I was diagnosed in remission. Okay. January 4th, I did the operation last year, and it took a lot to get the operation, just a biopsy. I went in for a draining of that actual surgery, which was a little little node and what have you, like a mass. Yeah. It was the size of a lemon, he said, that he, he retracted. It was the size of what? A lemon. A lemon, wow. And it was still, I was like, wow, is this ever going to go down? I look now at my underarm, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that's all over. But anyway, so I went to have a drain. He's like, oh, did you get your results? I was like, no, I didn't. He was like, oh, you're, you're, you're doing great. You have the, uh, the very curable cancer. I was like, what? I was like, honey, this isn't some bitch calling you a cunt at four in the morning and right. being Shay and give you know fierce this and combat. I was like, wow. So I, that took me back. So then I started like reaching out to people and stuff like that. And everybody just like it just flowed. I mean, everybody was sending me RSO oils and Jody Vocus at that special blend. People I had helped out years ago all came through like with all that treatment. So I did Every witch doctor remedy you can imagine. Mm. Grated frozen lemons. I mean, this nature every day. I meditated. I still do. I did Reiki, Shiatsu, meditation, sleep, all green, strictly vegan. Yeah, your diet changed immediately, right? I did everything. Well, I mean, I was Italians are really big on the veg, so that was that big. But I mean, yeah, I was like, you know, I cut out the breads. I cut out the the carbs, I cut out all that. The meat, everything. Yeah. Full on. I was juicing. I had. I, I started with the juice service, and then I got into my own because mine are much better. Uh, Aaron, Aaron helped me out a lot. Basically, mm. you know, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. She helped me out big time. She was like, she would make these like huge bags of juices with like seventeen bottles or something. I was like, wow, girl, you're really coming. She's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, those were really meaty and nutty, and oh, they're so good. Uh, but she helped me out a lot. Everybody just like I just like put it all into effect, and boom, it was mm. gone. They're like, "Wow, you're like a record case." So yeah, like, yeah. Good luck with that. I, I wish her well. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think attributed to that, though? You know, as it for for it being so fast mindset. Know, yeah. Totally. I think that really has a lot to do with it. And I'm going to, it's like, I think that's it. I mean, you ha- you can't let it combat you. Like people like, you know, staying home and like, you know, aren't, you're not going to work. Are you? I'm like, I'm going to work. Honey. I'm going, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing my schedule. I'm going, I'm going to the ocean every day. I'm doing the meditation. I did everything as per the Western world. And I did all the Eastern stuff too. So yeah, I think, you know, the, the mind has a, as a very fast healing mm-hmm. cycle. I mean, the body has a fast, but your mindset is much faster, I think. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're not in the state of like, I can, I can, I can, if 
you're walking around thinking this thing is going to beat me, then this thing will beat me. But if you are coming at it from I, I will. And just going into the, 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 the chemo room, I was like, Tracy, Danny, Michael Goldstein, all my friends, Jaime Cardona. We were in there. We had a party. They're like, you guys are really too much. I'm like, hello, look at these people. They're like, you know, everybody's like, you know, there were some bad cases, I have to say. There's a lot of people who, got, who lost the battle. Mm. Um, what is being, it, what is it like getting chemo? So how does it? I mean, I've seen it. So like you sit so, in, you have to sit in a chair completely still. Talk us through it. I uh, it's very it's very like Archie Bunker, you know, recliner type of thing. Okay. And they have a lot of like toxic snacks. <laughs> What's the it's toxic? Funny. Like 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 a it's Ritz like cracker? A, you know, an Oreo. Like, what? An Oreo. Oreo is pretty toxic. Well, not the cake, but the, the filling is. Yeah. Or it's pretty toxic. Um, just like you know, processed stuff. You know, it's whatever. It's the Western world. You know, you're lucky that they're giving these things. But yeah, um, it was you, you sit in a recliner, and they pump like for four hours, four or five hours. They pump fluids into you. Wow. And the bags say like you know, it's not like a D square T shirt either. It says like toxic waste. And, it's like all that stuff, and it takes hours and hours to get the stuff from the pharmacy, like three hours for it, two and a half hours to get delivered. Wow. So you walk in at like eight in the morning, and you leave at like four o'clock or like three, say. Hmm. It's a lot of like, it's a waiting game. I mean, and it's, but it's very, it's very much like a, like a processing line. You walk in, they have your wristbands ready. It's like a t- total assembly line. Hmm. It's. I mean, that's Mount Sinai was very, very good. I have to say. I mean, they don't ask for your IDs and your names again. They know who you are. They get to know who you are. It's very personal. Yeah. Personable, I should say, which is good. I mean, but like you know, you see a lot of people you know. It's just like going to like you know, the tubs or you know, whatever cruising or going to the supermarket. You see people you know. Yeah. Transgender, gay. You know, what have you, straight. You see them all. I mean, people from the club. The elevator opened, I knew like two drag queens. I was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where am I? I was like, and then I saw them at Space the next Saturday. I was like, can I ask you something? Are you are you getting treatment? They're like, you know, yeah, I have a one had a tumor. Uh, she had a tumor in her anus. She had anal cancer. Mm. You know, people have like hardcore stories. I mean, there's people who have like the, you know, pancreatic that yeah. spreads really fast. Like, mine was like a walk in the park. I mean, and they say that about that, but it's gotten to that point. I mean, my sister had a lot of really nauseating treatments mm. back in the day, but now there's such stabilizing counter drugs, you know? Yeah. I only got nauseous twice, like bad, bad, but I just went right for the marijuana, honey. I was like, come on, come on, 420. <laughs> Bring me out. Give me, give me a little. Give me a little Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> Give me a little Woodstock realness. Yeah. Man, I mean, the weed gets I me way too paranoid. I, I can't. It gets me. I've tried. I, I've tried. The, I mean, in living here, it's like, you know. It's, I like the I got into like the, the luscious. CBD. Yeah. Yeah. Like the joints soaked in the oil. I mean, you guys probably have the sickest ones there. Oh, my God. I mean, and it's like, it's on every, it's, it's amazing here, you know. And we're about to, um. 
color Denver's going to be the fr- is on the bill to be the first city to actually legalize magic mushrooms for therapeutic reasons. Oh. Yeah. Well my my sister's involved heavily in um in uh bipolar she has a bipolar gallery foundation that she, that she runs. It's a fountain gallery and they treat they they take care of all artists with bipolar mm. and they're in ketamine. Yeah. Yeah, they have that here as well. They, they I mean, they have MDMA administered um, oh, therapeutic this. stuff here. It's 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 amazing. I went to a um, I love breath work, and so I've done a lot of breath work where they're like three hour breath work sessions with live music. And I went to one that was cannabis induced, so I'd never done that before. I was like, well, well let me, I'll try it. You know, like I'm a fan of. I can do anything to relax. I'm really, I mean, as high strong as I am, I'm really good at just like turning off the lights. I'm mm. like, boom. I fall asleep immediately. I sleep a lot. I, I knock out for a long time. I'm, you know, it's important. The, the cannabis. I mean, I'm kind of like with you. I get like horny, paranoid, and stupid. <laughs> I get so it it's just. Like, I get too paranoid. I doesn't like, work what? for me. <laughs> it's like I always feel like somebody's watching, watching me. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I don't. Oh yeah, in my life. I think it's probably like part of it too is because when I used to smoke when I was younger, I it could just be remnants of that kind of paranoia. I don't I don't know, you know, but I mean I have so many friends that either that are in the industry, you know, my best friend Jonas is is company is Mezbrand, so they're a huge vape company. They're uh they're a vape company here. And like so I have all this to try. I've tried gummies. I've tried them, and it's just like, mm, just doesn't, work doesn't work for me. Conference. What's that? I ate like a whole entire gummy donut type of thing. Mm-hmm. And hey, you're supposed to eat like I did, nobody instructed me on <laughs> eating fragment, so I was like, whacked. I was like, whoa, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go now. I was yeah. like, I was like, Jackson in slow motion. Yeah, I tried one gummy. I had a um, one of my friends, he gave me, I mean, it was like the size of, you know, like a, maybe, you remember those Teddy Grahams? Yeah. Those little Teddy Graham bears? It was like the, about the size of that. And he's like, just eat the head. And I'm like, dude, I'm not eating the head. I'm eating the ear. I'm going to just eat the ear and see what happens. And I was to the floor. I was just like, wow. It, it, I was like, yep, nope, can't do this. This doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing with the the, the remedy the formula that he prescribed for me, Jody. It was uh, I forgot the name of his uh, dispensary, but uh, oh it yeah, was, you gotta let me know. I would, I'd love to go um, meet him one day. A, a drop of the THC for like sleep or have you? One mm-hmm. one like it can. I, I just thought that the the THC was going to help in conjunction with the CBD or something about it. it said that formula would probably be a little bit more amped up if I did it that way. And it's true, it did. So he sent me some of that to sleep and it was like, wow. I like stayed awake on it. I was like, woo. My life on television turned to like creature feature. It was like, woo. <laughs> this is too much. I thought that I had like, I thought that I did something else. I was like wondering. But wow. it's very condensed. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So- People must be chilled out there. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I love Colorado. I mean, people are pretty chill. So for me, you know, like my, I was really going through it, you know, and I was in a pretty dark space. And and 
in a heavily depressed, suicidal. I was just not in a good place in Miami. And when I was start, like, I was hearing a lot in my meditation, go to Colorado, go to Colorado, go to Colorado, go to Boulder specifically, go to Boulder, go to Boulder. And I was like, what the fuck is this Boulder? I'd never even really heard of it. I didn't know. So I booked a gig in Denver and I was like, all right, I'm going to go check out Boulder now because I keep hearing this in my meditation. And I went and like, it just felt like home. I was like, oh my God, this is where I need to be. And so I, I stayed in Miami, I guess, probably about that time I was in Fort Lauderdale. So I stayed in Lauderdale for probably another year. And then I just stuff just kept happening and it just kept pointing me to go. And I, I sold everything and I left and I knew I had to come out here. And so I've been out here pretty much ever since. I need to come. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's going to be my next trip after Montreal. Nice. Yeah. Nina, Nina always says, come, come, come. Yeah, you should to- come. You would, you would love it. We'll go hiking. There's so much to do. No, I know there is. I know there is. I love all the cool weather and everything. Yeah. it's It was the best decision that I ever made for myself. You know, it's funny because every decision had been made strictly on music. I'm going to go to Miami for music. I'm going to do this for music. Like, so much. And Colorado was the first thing that I chose for my for me, for my soul. It didn't yeah, that- that's the, that's the pinnacle that it trickles down. It's like the hierarchy of needs yourself and then the rest. I mean, yeah, you build on on the basis of your foundation. And if your foundation is rocky, then you need to reevaluate. Yeah, and it was it was amazing. I mean, I got all the help I needed. I he you know like so many amazing healing and therapists and modalities that are done here. You know, it's just like everything that you can imagine. It's such a a mecca of personal growth and development here. Um, and it, it, I needed it, you know, I needed to, to, to heal. So I'm grateful yeah. for it. Yeah. The ocean does that for me though, a lot. What does? The ocean. The, the ocean. mountains. But yeah. I guess it's just nature force. I think that the, I, I'm Aquarius, so I'm very water driven, mm. but even in the mountains, there's water. So, you know, I, th- well, I think I the I think the nature just reminds us of like man, we're so little. Yeah. It just yeah, it, it puts you in, in, into into perspective. It puts everything into perspective, I should say. Yeah, yeah. But, what uh, What do you think you learned the most about yourself through overcoming cancer? I'm a tough bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty positive, so that's not that's not a new thing though for me. I mean, I'm always like half full. Mm-hmm. It's pest because people can think I sound on on re- records and you know, belittling it. It's just very it's very catty nuance, and it's not like profound. It's not like they're like, oh my god, I thought you'd be such a bitch. I mean, you come across the, Athena Calderon said that to me when she first met. She's like, oh my god, I thought you'd be like the seven foot tall black drag queen that was like really nasty. <laughs> But that's that's, some, that's part of the that's, per, that's part of the persona too. That doesn't have to be who yeah. you are. People who appear to be bitchy on television and movies, and they're not at all. Mm. I mean, was it so, was it difficult for you to receive the amount of support and outpouring of help? Were you able no, to? No, no, because yeah. I'm like a big I'm a big team player. So it's like, come on, come all, come on, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. But I was amazed at the outpouring. It's amazing. It's like wow. 
it's like not just like a number of likes or you know followers and all that stuff, but people who have come up to me and told me I can tell you I can't even count on all my my hands and my feet how many people have come up and said that I was like a catalyst in getting them through their mom's cancer or their dad's. I know people who are like suicidal over somebody else's, not even their own. Right. Yeah. They're, they're like, wow. You know what? I have to, I have to like tell you people Instagram me and Facebook me message me all the time. I mean, saying, you know that today my dad t- tested uh, positive remission. He's in full remission. And thanks to you, I was able to get through it. And that means a lot. You know, yeah. It's, like, yeah. It's, not, you know, it's an influencer in a different kind of way. It's not like, you know, buying a product or, you know, something like that commercial. It's, it, it's pretty profound. People tell you that you got to do that. I mean, yeah. It's, it's pretty heavy duty, you know? Yeah, I mean, you've you've definitely been an inspiration, though. You know, I mean, like, like, I, I think most people too, even like outfits and like acting crazy and the bullhorn and right. this and the glamorous and celebrities. <laughs> and then when you like, you know, something like that, and you're like, you know, able to ground them and, and help them out, it's a big thing. Yeah, so, I mean, Flavia's like, wow, that's like your legacy. Yeah. What so when you become like the character and you grab, uh, how does it? Is it soon as like you get dressed like, because like who you are now like this is you and at your soul right and then like the, then there comes this moment when you have to go and you be and you're on. Is there like a ritual I or? It's, like a it's like it's part. It's it, it starts with getting dressed and then okay. getting on fun. Putting the bull, batteries in the bullhorn. It's not always there anymore, but I mean, because of the noise ordinances and stuff in the code enforcement. But it's like, yeah, it's like a whole context thing. I mean, it's like the people and the, especially the young, the, 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 the young generation that a lot of them don't even know who I am. Right. They've gotten to know who I am, like, like in vast numbers from like doing like these like you know, dirty bird events and what have you. Yeah. But I'm not even really that big on on the systems, I mean, they play a lot of my tracks and stuff, but like, it's more like, you know, like the Lula stuff and mm-hmm. uh, samples of other people's. I mean, cause I'm sampled like retardedly. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. they don't even put the name to the face. Like, like you would, you would think they would, but they don't. I mean, they're not as smart as back in the day, but I mean, it's like, I come alive with like Danny and people like that, you know, yeah. Victor, people, you know, all you guys, you know, you, Abel, all those people that, you know, they were there for the whole ride, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? From soup to nuts. I mean, from I mean, I was pretty much a dance floor patron that just, you know, blew up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, nothing to do with a house up really. Yeah, I think and, we I think we met at Y and T. I think that's where I first met you. I was just remembering that this morning. I was at Y and T, yeah. Yeah. And then we like hooked up a lot of Griffin when you were Yeah. You were, the Griffin, and we were talking a lot about your direction. I remember those times. And yeah. You did those a few really good events at Griffin. That was fun. Griffin was fun. It was a good place. Yeah. I it was like it. a little cave inside that madness of like the hard rock. It was like, they could stay open all hours, and the Indians owned it. It was like, wow. <laughs> I left there times at like four in the afternoon, like it was all good. Damn. Totally all good. I mean, whatever (laughs) so what do you want to take from this and what do you see moving forward in terms of of health and creativity 
I mean, I, I've pretty much achieved all my dreams. I mean, I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that, but I, it's true. I've done the. I've r- ridden this wave to the max, mm. and you only you can only be better. I mean, look at that. Look at this. Look at this bird. <laughs> Insane. Uh, I don't know. I just. I'm alive. I'm here. Yeah. I'm kicking. I'm cancer free. I'm healthy. I'm positive. I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. I have great friends. I, I have a job. I have a lot of jobs. I have a lot to look forward to. I mean, this is it. Yeah. This is me. This is it. I love I that. If you, could own, if you were to be known for one word, what would you want it to be? Fierceness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I used to have the doormat. My doormat. Yes. The people who meet me walk up to me and they go, Oh, you're fierce, this is fierce, this is fierce, this is fierce, this is fierce. My doormat, Michelle and Karen made me the fierceness is always welcome doormat. I need another one. Those girls are speaker tweakers. I live for them. Yeah, they are speaker tweakers. I love them. Wild. They used to write Tracy these long letters. We would take them home and read them. It was like cryptic encoding. I used to live for them. They're good people. Yeah, they are. They are. Have you seen them at all? They're out in Reno. No, I haven't seen them at all. Yeah. We connect on Facebook, but I haven't been out that way yet. Reno's amazing. Uh, The West is really amazing. I mean, travel. The West, life is peaceful there. (laughs) Well, I think they meant something different. They were chasing like loop or drugs or something. (laughs) People. Uh, uh, <laughs> but my God, we were doing this. I can't believe it. I'm like here in the open air. I know. This is good. Well, I'm really gl- I'm glad that we finally got a chance to talk. Cause my, cherry, my, my Skype cherry. <laughs> I did. I like to pop people's cherries. It's, it's good Dan- for me. Uh, Danny, <laughs> that's all the time. It's like a big thing like with like Italy, like, like early 2000, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Skype. When did Skype come around? Um, I feel like I had Skype actually when I was still in Florida. So at least, I mean, it's been a while because then Microsoft bought them. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I'm a fan of the Skype. I love it. This is how I do all of um the podcasts. And mentioned that we were going to do on Skype, and people were like, "Can't you do it on on WhatsApp?" I'm like, "Girl, we're not like recording," you know. Serious business, girl. I need to record you. This is how I do work with my clients too, through Skype or through webinars. So I love Love it. it. And your headquarters looks amazing. What does? What does? Well, I have to send you some objects for my collection. (gasps) Please. I will. I will definitely. I I collect street signs. I've I've been making all these like uh, bowls out of old records. They're really fun. Nice. Yeah, I need to come back and visit um, and hang out. a lot since you were here. I think it's gotten more of a of a of a prevailing like work ethic. I mm. think mm. If you will. It's yeah, not I need, so. I need to come manial. back and visit. Yeah, I'll co- I'll come and visit you. How was Art Basel? Oh, that's just like insane. It's taken over everything. It's like it's like the center force for the world. I think mm. here. And it's we, we were open five days straight, so I worked like twenty seven hours of a twenty four hour day. What is the gallery that you're at? 
I'm not there anymore. I, I do a lot of freelance work okay. with specific artists like A-Holes and Screw and people Got like it. that. Got it. That was just like, she was too much of a monopolizer. It's like, I can do my own. I, it was all about me anyway. So it's like, you know, a little man. But my house is like the gallery. Mm. It's like, I have everybody exhibited in my house. Should go live in there. My God, next one. Oh, let's do it. We'll do it. You know what? I'll come and visit and I'll, we'll, well, actually, I'll bring the camera and we'll do it that way. Yeah. The live feeds of dinner parties, it's insane. Oh my God. Absolutely insane. So awesome. Miami's great. I love it here. I, I I think you have to travel the world. I mean, you can't stay in any place too long. Mm. Is there one place that you haven't been that you would love to go to? I've been everywhere. I, I just think that Italy is like the place that it's like it has all the demons and it has all the all the incredible offerings of the world, mm. the rich. It's the thirteenth grade I, I think everybody should go to. Yeah. To take. Is there a particular place in Italy that feels most home to you? Rome Rome was a really great place. I had a, I have a love-hate relationship with it. It's, Italy's so difficult mm. politically, and you're never part of the fabric. You have to be born there. You'll never understand the institutions. You'll never understand the processes. It's going to the post office, having to know somebody, getting a job. You can't get a job. I mean, you can't knock on a door and say, I want to work. It's impossible. It's mm. just like, there's so many hurdles and they still prevail. It's like unbelievable. Mm. The wars and famine, poverty, bombs. I mean, they really have, they really, they persevere. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's a lesson to be learned. I mean, people are like so like, you know, touchy and feely in this country about things. And it's like, go to, go to Europe and see how they had to endure. Mm. It's really re- remarkable. I, I mean, I tell Flavio that all the time. It's like, You'll never know the systems until you live there. I mean, I lived there before the internet, so imagine how difficult it was. It was really hard graduating from Columbia and going there and thinking I was going to be like this, you know. And the first, the only job that you could see in the newspaper is selling Encyclopedia Britannica back there. That was in 91. Wow. So, I mean, like, my lover was a surgeon, so he's like, you don't have to work. I'm like, that's not going to work very long. And I'm like, right. Creating and wanting to, like, work and workaholic. But, um, I made it. I mean, I, it was student, you know, knowing somebody, everybody, you have to know somebody. It's like the Willow Balsam commercial. So and so, you know, and so on and so on and so on. It's like, it's like really, really tough. Yeah. It is a, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. But I mean, now with the immigration, everything, it's really tough. It's like a gross. The world is a tough place now, I find. It feel it feels that way. I you know, I'm curious if it if it is tougher or we just have more cameras. You know, it's like I it's everything's so like compartmentalized and labeled and monitored. And so back in the day it was like very like footloose and fancy free and mm-hmm. let your hair down. I think that the lack of relaxation on in people creates like this angst. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know. The next thing, the next thing, it's like, if you don't just like chill and like savor the, the now. Yes. It's all not, it's all worthless, really. Mm-hmm. But we know all we have I, is now. That's I, it. Perfect concept. I'm like, why am I worrying about that? But it's like, I have now. To yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big problem. Yeah. But, and and I, I think technology, 
feeds on that as well. It's like it's been a blessing and a and a curse at the same time. You know, we're 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 getting more and more things fed at us all day, and our dings going off, and th- you know, it's it's taking us away from the moment more than ever You're, before. Like googling something, and it, it'll come up in your ads. It's like wow. Yeah. Oh, so I was on the phone. It was so funny. I was on the phone with um, Blake talking to him, and we started talking about Bangkok. Um, and literally within like five hours or something, I had an Instagram feed about some shop in Bangkok, and it's just like, man. <laughs> I have a bunch of friends that are there right now. TP Lords is there. Yeah, I love Bangkok. It's amazing. Uh, I I haven't been there. Oh man. And that Songkran that they throw, that festival, that that production, it is, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, they don't, uh, they don't play, you know. It's like, I, I did Tokyo, I did Agia with all them. I loved it. Patsy mm. Mites brought me there. I was like big in that like hetero Prague house. Right. That, was, that was like a, it was a big world though. Yeah. It's kind of like turned into techno i guess you know whatever but yeah. i traveled a lot for that i used to love it mm. but i did it it's so difficult flying in now and everything it's like i remember going to the airport all dolled up and you know that <laughs> on the plane and all that. i mean as a kid now it's like just like going anywhere is such a mission oh, <laughs> i'd much rather click my heels and say there's no place like home <laughs> i'm getting very I'm very able today. <laughs> <laughs> My heels are clicking. My cha-cha heels are clicking. That's hilarious. Well, I'm glad that we got a chance to talk. And I'm so, I mean, we've been trying to do this for a hot minute. So I really appreciate you. A long time. Been a long time. Been a long time. It, it has. It has. We'll do it again. I'll come there and we'll do it straight from the house. We covered a lot of bases. We did. We did. So anybody who is listening right now that might be struggling with some sort of an illness, what do you want to say you know, to them? You got to just like put your feet in the ocean, cleanse, think positive thoughts, and this too shall pass. Mm, I love that. It's like, you know, my 104-year-old grandmother used to say like, you know, pensala salute, think of your health. Mm. Pensala salute. Think of your health first, just like you did with your mind. I mean, and yeah, your your state. Yeah, and look how good everything's going for you. Yeah, I know. I'm grateful. Awesome. Well, thank you. I love you, and I will see you okay. soon. I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna link everything up, and I'll let you know when this will go live and all that good stuff. Okay, love. All right. I hope Big to see you soon. Big kiss. Love you. Big kiss. Ciao, Love baby. you. If you see Flavio, give him a hug for me. I will do. I will do. All right. Bye. Ciao, baby. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alan as much as I did. If you do, head on over to the Remix Your World Facebook group and let us know. Or if you are an IG person, that's where I am the most. Hit me up on IG and let me know what resonated with you. If you are a subscriber in iTunes, I would love for you to rate and review. I would actually really love that. It would make me feel so warm and fuzzy. And who doesn't want to make me feel warm and fuzzy? I mean, it's okay. I can make myself feel warm and fuzzy. Hello? But If you love the episode, let us know. And if you have any other ideas or people that you want to hear, 
podcast at remixyourworld.com or DM me at IG and I will do my best to get them on. Thank you so much for spending time with me and Alan today. I'm going to link all of his information in the show notes so that you can go and follow him if you don't already. And I will see you soon on the next episode. Take care. Take care.